This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk. Hello, and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I am really, really excited to bring you guys today's show. It is one of the more exciting episodes that we've ever done here on Crosstown Crosstalk. I know I probably say that every single week, but guess what? I love Crosstown Crosstalk. I love the Barroom Network. I love doing Bar Down. We do plenty of great things, so why wouldn't I be excited for it every single week? This week is a very special one because we have a very special guest coming up in just about under a half hour. We have Chicago White Sox prospect Sean Burke joining the show and listen when I interview White Sox people there are some people that I think are better at doing it with me and I like to you know include other people in the conversation I'm talking about one of my very best friends in the world Joe Mandel of the South Burbs Hitman podcast we are going to bring him in as a guest host today Joseph how you doing doing good Vinny man thanks for having me on for this I've been looking forward to it you know what when people are coming on our show that are notable and I would consider a top 10 White Sox prospect notable of course um, oh, yeah. I'm thinking to myself you know I, I just think it adds a little more spice to the conversation I think it makes it a little more relaxed and you know fun if there's multiple people in on if it's one-on-one I feel like it's kind of serious so uh, there's nobody I'd rather have doing this with me right now than you Joe oh, I appreciate that buddy appreciate the compliment and well, uh, I, I, I return it to you as well man it's always fun interviewing people together Sure is, man. Um, it's been a crazy offseason. This is not your first appearance on Crosstown Crosstalk this offseason. It's been quite annoying. We've gone through it as a couple of big fans of this annoying-ass team that we cheer on each and every year, no matter what. Um, since the last time you came on, is, do you have any other like thing to say? Like, what's going on in the head of Joe Mandel about the White Sox? <clears throat> well, since I came on... Uh... The only offseason signing of note was Mike Clevenger, really. And look what happened there. Um, obviously, there's a lot to happen with the whole legal situation, but uh, it, it makes the, the lack of offseason moves even that much more infuriating uh, for me. And a, as I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit, uh, a lot of people are giving the White Sox a failing grade in the offseason. And Vinny, I am one of those folks as well. I absolutely am as well. One thing that has been a positive conversation around Chicago White Sox, Twitter, Facebook, any people chiming in on the conversation on any platform. Foster, afternoon. Hope all are well with you as well. Thank you for joining our show. Um, Joe, Dylan Cease was snubbed from Major League Baseball's top 10 list. It was a very weird list. Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers was number one. Uh, Carlos Rodon, former White Sox ace and superstar, was number three, a year ahead of going to the New York Yankees. I find it funny that a Met and a Yankee are two and three, even though yeah. neither of them have played a single game with those franchises yet. Sandy Alcantara, however you say his last name, he was number five. I thought that was incredibly low. Dylan Cease was completely snubbed. Uh, yeah. Garrett Cole was completely snubbed. What's your takeaway from this top 10 list and Dylan Cease being snubbed? Yeah, I think it's trash, man. I, I saw that list come out and I just had to chuckle to myself because uh, let's be honest. First off, Alcantara needs to be way higher on that list. He just won the Cy Young in the National League and he was just, I mean, he did. I'm not crazy, right? He won the Cy Young, didn't he? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's just he was just unbelievable. He's been unbelievable for as long as I can remember playing for the Marlins organization, which is even crazier than a Marlin one, <laughs> Cy Young. Um, and then for Dylan Cease not to make it for Rodon, who, let's be honest, I mean, he's had two good years 
in his career. I'm, I'm not trying to blow any smoke. I'm not trying to say anything bad about Carlos. Like he's had some ups and downs in his career, but like to have two really good years back to back and then make what they put him at three or something. Three. I think that's just ridiculous. I love Carlos. No discredit to him, but there's a lot of names on that list that just didn't belong there. And there's a few names that just got snubbed and, and Dylan ceased not to even crack the top 10 is a slap in the face. I want your opinion on this. People say, hello. She says hello to you and not me. I mean, that's blasphemous. Um, <laughs> I'm just totally joking. Obviously, everybody, everybody loves Joe Mandel. Um, people say, oh, the White Sox, they get no respect. They stink. You know, the, the, they should be ashamed of themselves. They're the reason Dylan C's got no credit. What team does Alcantara play for? He plays yeah. for the Miami Marlins, who were way worse than the White Sox. They are way less successful long-term than the White Sox. They have a way bleaker future, in my opinion, than the White Sox. And that's saying something because the White Sox future is pretty putrid right now. I don't see the Marlins competing for the postseason anytime soon. They play in the hardest division in the league. I don't want to hear any crap that it's because of the White Sox. It's because Dylan Cease was snubbed. It had nothing to do with the team he plays for. Absolutely. He was just flat-out snubbed. The, the writer clearly forgot about Dylan Cease. Because I don't see any list where after his year last year that he doesn't at least make the top 10. I'd be happy if he made the top 10 at all. And you can argue he's like three, four, five. He should He should be top five. He should be probably for me, he's probably number five in the league right now. Yeah. And they had DeGrom at nine. Like, Which is ridiculous. Yeah, because he's no longer on the Mets. He gets bumped down. Like, do we love New York that much? I mean, the answer to that is yes. And, you know, New York is okay. But... I just I can't get over the, the almost like the politics. But then again, I say New York, New York. Garrett Cole would have been number one if that were true. So I guess maybe there's just all sorts of issues with the list. Um, I'm not sure how the shredder comes up with this stuff, but people are always like, well, he needs to put it together for more than one year. I'm thinking to myself, the list uh. <laughs> is the top 10 pitcher right now. And the only way to base right now is how they did last year. And how they project this year. Okay. Does anybody think Dylan C stunk last year? No. no. Okay. Does everybody think Dylan C is going to be pretty damn good also this year? Yeah. I, I, this guy does. I do. I just, it makes no sense. The criteria, all of it. So annoying. I'm with you, man. It's, um, the list is crazy. And the Marlins have gotten more, more national spotlight. <laughs> in the last two weeks than I can remember in a long time. Literally. I mean, how do you feel about that? They took Luis Arise out of our hair. That's wonderful. I'm, Oh, that's the, that's the best part of it all for me. You take a rise out of this division. He's a white Sox killer, man. He destroyed, destroyed us last year. Yeah, he really did. And I can't wait to see how the twins lineup kind of functions without him. Cause they still have Carlos Correa who they brought back and, they certainly Byron Buxton is one of the best hitters in the league. Obviously we think highly of, you know, certain players on that team, but without Luis Arise driving the bus, it's going to be kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, and then, then of course, you know, then for all you baseball video game fans out there, the, the Marlins have jazz Chisholm on the cover. This year was announced yesterday or two days ago. And then I don't know if you saw this, Vinny, but they announced yesterday as well the Deluxe Edition cover, which will be Derek Jeter. The captain. The captain. Derek Jeter. I think I want the one with Chisholm on it. I love the way they designed that cover with the colors and whatnot. I think it's really, really cool. No, I, I love the co- Not to get off track, Vinny, but it's, doesn't it drive you nuts that it's not an action shot? It makes me nuts that it's not him playing yeah, baseball. It is odd. I did find that odd. Because they've kind of veered away from that, though. I mean, in every sport, NHL 21 is Trevor Zegras, or 23 is Trevor Zegras with um, Sarah Nurse, and they're, like, posing in front of palm trees and stuff because it's California, and it's chill, man. Yeah, that's true. It's chill. I I, I don't get it. I mean. Like, what do we have to do to get TA on the cover? That's what I want to know. He was on RBI Baseball, what, 2021? I know that game stinks, but I'm also wondering if that, like, puts a a damper on him getting the show for a while. Plus, and again, people, Tim Anderson, I wrote the article, Tim Anderson deserves a cover opportunity. He was bad last year, and the White Sox get no love, and he was injured all year. Tim Anderson had better numbers than Jazz Chisholm Jr. last year. 
He played for a team with a better record than Jazz Chisholm Jr. last year. And look it up. He played more games than Jazz Chisholm Jr. did last year. So, I, I you know, just some of these arguments that people throw out with no research whatsoever. Well, I and just he don't got, understand it. And he got, passed, he got passed over on the top 10 baseball shortstop list. I think he got number nine. And there were some really questionable players put in front of him. Based on Dylan Cease being snubbed, I'm just happy Tim Anderson made it at all. He made the list. I know. I know. Kind of puts things in perspective a little bit. Yeah, the the whole freaking thing. So, the Athletic, they gave the White Sox an offseason grade of F. Why? Well, Vinny, because they're most – the only offseason addition they really made of of note is a player who's now being accused and likely – to be well i don't want to go too far but accused of domestic violence and there's a lot of damning evidence out there and didn't really do a whole lot of anything else didn't address any needs work they didn't address second base which there's rumors flying around that maybe maybe they're going to try to address something to appease the fans and and maybe they're not as comfortable at second base as we all think they are but you know at the end of the day it's just um they've kenny's done nothing this team has an offseason. They got rid of Jose Abreu. So you'd think that they'd try to pump up the fans, pump up baseball, you know, change the game. Let's change the game by getting some players that are going to gel well together. Changing the game is not signing Mike Clevenger and doing nothing else. What about – Well, Andrew, you've got Andrew Benatendi. Benatendi. I'm, I'm not – I don't want to – I love that signing, right? Not but, enough. like, you, it's not enough. Like you have your outfielder, like you make a move like that by giving him the biggest contract in White Sox history, which is laughable, by the way. And then you like you got to follow that up with something. What'd you follow up with? Nothing. And then the Clevenger news comes out, and then you have two guys out there in Waka and Granky that you oh you got to go get one of them, and Granky's off the board now. To a division rival. To a division rival, which doesn't really surprise me, right? So why haven't they signed Waka yet? I don't know the answer to that. They should have by now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so their rotation right now without Clevenger, if assuming he doesn't pitch, is Kopech, Cease, Lynn, Giolito. Outside of Cease, Not all horrible. those guys, all those guys have question marks to some degree, and that to me is an issue. Yeah, it is an issue. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know how to fix it. I, I think Waka would certainly help. Um, yeah, uh, well, certainly Garrett Crochet coming back from Tommy John's not an option as a starter. You got Davis so. Martin. Davis Martin certainly is the spot the start guy. Yeah, he's the likely fifth starter if Clev can't go. Um, Reynaldo Lopez would be an option if Liam Hendricks wasn't undergoing his cancer treatment. We wish him well, obviously, but Raylo is probably the closer as long as Hendricks isn't there. So and they also have Joe Kelly and um, Kendall Graveman, but I, I don't know. I just the pitching situation could be great and it could be awful. And that's one of the big question marks going into the season, just like everything else going on with the White Sox. It's like, if Moncada and Grandal and all these pitchers that we're talking about all play to the way that we saw them play in 2021, this team would be awesome again. And the right. fact that they're just kind of so much of a lull last year, it, it didn't even feel like an 81 and 81 team. And that was my problem. They felt like they should be a 60 win team, but they managed to win a bunch of games that I would have never thought they'd win 81 games based on how it felt they played last year. I remember doing put on your socks last year and every video felt like it was annoying to do. And it was because <laughs> they were so terrible and they ended up 81 and 81 in such a bad year. It does give me hope that this year can be turned around. But like we talked about just a couple seconds ago, everything is a big if. Yeah, that's the problem is this team is full of ifs and, you know, I think there's a lot of exciting things that could happen, but then there's a lot of things that could go wrong because, like, if the, if the health of T.A., Grandal, Michael Kopech, Moncada, those guys all go 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 to the wayside if they're out for extended amounts of time, and that's not even including some of the – even Benatendi, if any of these guys get hurt, you're looking at a team that's going to win probably 
75 games, 72 games. And the one guy who never got hurt plays for the Houston Astros now. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Durable. We get to see him on opening day. I can't wait. Um, Four straight games. But the White Sox, the over and under came out this week on their win total for the year, Vinny, at 83 and a half. I think that's really telling of this offseason because that's just over 500. I what 81 and 81 is perfect 500, so just over. These odds makers are really good. They are. If, if the team stays as they are right now, Vinny, I tweeted this out the other day. The White Sox win 84 games. They go just over that, barely. So I would I would bet the over right now at and that's just mediocrity without any additions. But a lot can go wrong and a lot can go right to make it to make it go one way or the other. But I think they just go over that. They don't make the playoffs. They need to do something else. If they're 83 and 78 going into that last game of the season, I legitimately will die laughing. Like, how do they know? That the oh, over under it's gonna be can something be split like split by like a half game. The only they'll I like they're either gonna come up just short or blow it out of the water. I don't see eighty five through eighty seven wins. I don't. I see either ninety plus or eighty or under. Like it's weird. Like I honestly believe that. I don't. I know it sounds crazy, but mm-hmm. I honestly think they're either gonna stink or be really good. I don't. I don't think there's another mediocre season in that group. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to fall somewhere in the interim, as is, as yeah. the roster as is. Yeah. Right. If they make a move for Glaber, like I've heard rumored, um, don't know what we'd have to give up, but uh, then this team, I think, could win closer to ninety games with a second baseman. But you know, there's a long way to go, <laughs> and there's a lot of. I mean, the off season's basically done. Spring training is a couple weeks away. We have over the next couple of weeks, you know, talking prospects, talking with major league players, getting this thing on the road. These pitchers are getting in shape. There's a full spring training. These guys have the time to get in shape. There's freak injuries that are going to happen, hopefully not to the White Sox, but they will happen across the league. So Waka's not going to be a free agent much longer. They can't waste any more time. They should sign him. Yeah, I agree. What about Elvis Andrews, who came to the White Sox and gave them second life last year? Still available. Is he unwilling to play second base? Is it money? Is it an issue with the team? I don't understand why Elvis Andrews isn't re-signed by the White Sox after what he did for them last year. And they're pumping Romy Gonzalez's tires like nobody's business. He was in the promo video. I personally, based on what I've been told, I don't believe anything's going to happen. But like it just makes no sense to me why why can't you go get Elvis Andrews yeah you know he did a lot for this team last year when they were dwindling and he was the only guy that really surprisingly came through and was like a beast he gave us a shot at making the playoffs at some point which is crazy to even think that we had the opportunity to pounce but we couldn't win when we had to win but you know I I think his performance in the latter part of summer into the fall drove up his value a little bit. I think he wants more money than the White Sox are willing to pay. And they that's why they're like, oh, for what he wants, we'll go with these two guys internally or we'll make a trade for somebody. But that's not really the Jerry thing to do. But if this team wants to win, I don't think they're that many pieces apart. I think a second baseman with a bat can certainly help things. And Glaber Torres, for me, is that target. So you're cool with Oscar Colas playing right field? I'm cool with that. I am I'm too. cool with it from opening day. Me too. Well, like, why do you need the extra year of service? Like, they're probably going to be brutal in the end of the 2020s. So, like, go for it now. Yeah, it's like, get this guy up. I mean, he's got a power bat. I mean, we've had Phil Saligon from Cuba dugout just tell, telling us about how this guy's just got an absolute power bat. I'm not so interested in the pitching aspect. I don't think that's something we're really going to no, ever see. No, he's done with that. I think he's completely done with that. I'm, I'm, I want his bat and in the short bleach. And I don't want to call them bleachers, but in the short outfield uh, at guaranteed rate field, because when you've seen Eloy just take one off center field off the, you know, off the side of the vines, I think Colas could hit one onto the concourse easy. 
Yeah, absolutely. He's got a very good bat with him. And there's been some lists coming out of the top prospects across the league. Colas came in at 85 on MLB Pipeline, and he didn't make ESPN's list at all, even though he's the most MLB-ready prospect that the White Sox have. And I'm not here to rip on ESPN because they put Brian Ramos in their top 100, but Pipeline left him out. But ESPN put Montgomery 15th out of 100. Yeah. And so I thought the the whole prospecting with the White Sox is getting kind of interesting now because there seems to be varying opinions on their top three and the organization's prospect farm in general. Yeah, I think we're at that point of the offseason where everyone is overanalyzing every little bit and piece about these prospects. And now it's time for them to go play ball. They get their spring training invitations. I know our guest on today's show has a spring training invitation today. So, you know, that's something we're going to dive into a little bit, but these guys got to prove themselves. And the only way they can do that is to have a good spring. Well, at least a quality spring where they can learn. And then hopefully a good statistical spring as well. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into our guest, who's supposed to be joining us here at three o'clock, is there anything you are excited about when it comes to the White Sox season? Like, what is Joe Mandel looking forward to? It could be more than one thing. And then if there's anything you're absolutely dreading, feel free to throw that out there as well. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing a healthy Tim Anderson go into 2023. Um, from what I understand, he's back to full strength or at least close to it. Uh, that's all behind him. And have him with Ben Attendee in the lineup. You know. I would be excited to see Ben Attendee lead off and put T.A., I think we've talked about this before, towards the bottom of the lineup, whether that's like eight or nine. So then you have like Ben Attendee at the top and maybe T.A. will score some more runs, uh, get some more RBI. I know it's probably a pipe dream. He probably wants to lead off, but I'm excited just to see a healthy T.A. play with Ben Attendee, get, some, get a full season of a healthy Aloy Jimenez, and I'm going to knock on all the wood in the world for that and most of all i i don't know why i'm i'm so excited to see it again but i'm really excited to see another year of dylan sees to see how he can take that year two not a year two but his year two of being a solid number one ace and how he can build on some of that movement on his well all his pitches really i mean the guy is just unbelievable his slider just everything is ridiculous. It's nasty. It's dirty. I just want to see, you know, how it continues. And I want to see if he still goes with the, with the stash. I think he will. I think he will too. Probably annoying during the off season, probably annoying all the time. Cause I know what it's like to have a mustache for an extended period of time, but it's, and it's just a little different when that's the only hair on your face. Like it, when you have the yeah. rest of the beard and with it, like you do, I think it is less noticeable, but um, that's getting off topic for me. I'm extremely excited, Joe, to watch the pitching rotation. Yeah. Like just in general. I know you so you went on this nice soliloquy about Cease, and I agree with everything you said. Lucas Giolito was by his standards awful last year. He certainly wasn't worst pitcher Brutal. in baseball, like the commercial used to say, or anything like that. Um, he wasn't Dallas Keuchel. Like, let's be people who called him Dallas Keuchel two point. Like, stop. Just stop. That's not even close to true. It was the whole three earned run average lower than Dallas Keuchel last year. Like, you think Giolito was bad? Go take a look at Dallas Keuchel's number, pals. But um, I, I do think there's room to improve and bounce back. He's not old by any means. He got a $10 million arbitration avoid contract for a reason. It's because of what he's done in his career and how good he's been in 2019, 2020, 2021. And the end of 2022, he was starting to come on a little bit. And that's why it was coming – with mid-season adjustments, which is incredibly hard to do in Major League Baseball. So, and I, he's been working this offseason with Dylan Cease and with Ethan Katz. And I do think the lack of lockout will certainly help him in that area. Um, the, the put on muscle experiment, the gain weight experiment, that was a complete failure. It threw off his mechanics, it threw off everything. There was velocity was down. He shed all the weight. I listened to all of his offseason comments to MLB Network and to Garfine on the White Sox Talk podcast and all that stuff. I've listened to Lucas Giolito speak a lot this offseason, and my conclusion is he is back to the weight and the physicalness, I don't know what you would say, of where he was before last year. 
and he probably won't get hurt on opening day again. Knock on wood, but that was a freak <laughs> thing. That uh, well, he won't Don't start. On, no, he certainly won't start on opening day. So he's definitely not going to get hurt on opening day. Um, that set him so, back a little bit too. And yeah, if he got hurt like munching on seeds with Eloy in the dugout or something, like that'd be annoying. But no, um, it'd be on brand. It would be on brand for the White Sox in general. You put on that uniform, and it's like there's a voodoo doll controlling you. But um. Uh, like if he could get that velocity back up and he still, when it's on has the best change up in baseball. Oh, and for sure. It was even like that last year. It was just the other pitches that were destroying him. And he started veering away from using that third pitch. Like he was doing so successfully in the three years prior. So that takes things away. And then you go to Michael Kopech. Okay. This guy's got just as much arm talent as Dylan Cease, if not more, he throws it harder. His breaking stuff is nastier, but he has injury issues and command issues sometimes, which Cease had around the same part of Kopech's career in terms of game starts. I do think that working back from Tommy and last year being his first year in the rotation full time, I'm happy his injury last year wasn't related to his arm at all. His arm is perfectly fine. Hopefully yeah. his knee and his lower half of his body is able to hold up a little bit better this year, but he was nasty last year for a good portion of the season and falling out of it could have been a direct result. The team falling out of it could have been a direct result of his issues that he's had with, um, you know, what was going on with the injury. So, you know, hopefully he's able to figure it out. You move over to Lance Lynn, Lynn sanity. He was terrible coming back he, from his injury. He was bad, horrible. But then once he started to get that spring training, part of his, you know, season, his development, however you want to call it, because he missed most of spring training, almost mm -hmm. all the beginning of the year. It was almost like the games he came, his first five starts were like spring training for him. And he got shelled and he was working on things. And once he got it all together, he was pretty damn good at the end of the season, too. He had he that was. bad start against Cleveland when it mattered most. But the team was basically dead by then anyway, because that was the day after they lost an extra innings to get them that would have got them within a game of the guards. But. You know, it all seemed to go south at the end after they lost that series to Cleveland, but the entire pitching staff last year wasn't the issue by any means. If they can score runs, I can't wait to see what this pitching staff is able to do. Yeah, I mean, I think that was our problem last year. So when we scored runs, we didn't get the pitching, and when we got the pitching, we didn't score runs. So there's something's got to give here, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, you excited to eat some food, too? Yeah, you know, I, the tickets went on sale today too, Vinny. Uh, the, uh, single game tickets are available for White Sox games as of today. So, um, that's exciting, actually. Yeah. I saw our buddy Dylan sent me a tweet yesterday about Section 108 tickets being in the 60s. And he asked me, he's like, Are we going? I'm like, I'm down to go to opening day, actually. I know this offseason was disgusting, and I feel awful giving Jerry my money, but it's like a drug that you can't quit, you know, the White Sox or just baseball in general. Like, people are like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this at all. The White Sox were so dumb this last offseason. I'm like, but, like, Shohei Otani is back, and, like, we get yeah, to watch people are freaking Rodon pitch for the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, and – the Red Sox are going to be a little bit better than they were last year. And the Orioles are up and coming and look at what's going on with the Blue Jays and their pitching staff finally starting to match their uh, offensive prowess a little bit. Look at the NF or I almost said NFC, the National League East with the Braves, a powerhouse. The Phillies are sick and they added Trey mm -hmm. Turner and the Mets are what they are. And you go out West and you see what the Dodgers are and they might go try to get Otani during the regular season. Like this is baseball. This is this is yeah. it. This is sick. Like the White Sox. Oh, we're gonna let the White Sox ruin your summer. I'm They're, not. Baseball's back, man. We take yeah. it for the grain of salt. You don't know what this team's gonna be until you see them all play together. But exactly. we do know. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, they're not, you're not bound to only watching the White Sox. Baseball's sick. There's so much awesome stuff to watch. That's right. There's lots of exciting stuff coming up in baseball. And what I was saying is, is, we do know at least what the White Sox are going to look like in their clubhouse. They dropped officially yesterday their 2023 clubhouse hats, Vinny. And I pulled up the image here just so if people haven't seen it, let's take a look. There you go. You have the 5950, the black with the uh, bat boy with the socks scripted underneath, and then it's the same thing in gray. And then you could also get each edition of the hat in 3930, both black and gray. Joe, what do you think? That, 
That's right. And then they have the black one and snapback, if that's your thing. Not the gray, but they have the black and snapback. Oh, I love them, man. I love them. Uh, you know, the black one, we've seen iterations of it before, but the gray is like a cool, it's almost like a gray kind of camo. It's not really a camo, but it's trying to be. Uh, I love it. I think it's a cool look. And I think uh, White Sox fans are going to eat it up. Uh, I ordered the 3930 of the gray one on the right. So uh, I'm pretty happy with them. I think it's cool. New Era. I'm a fan of New Era. Some people don't love New Era, but uh, obviously I'm wearing a New Era hat right now. And they make pretty much all the White Sox hats for the most part. About like probably 85% of them. I think like. I love New Era. I'm wearing a 47 brand hat right now. And I like 47 brand too. But 47's nice. Yeah, I, I wear it all. You know, if it's a hat, you said yesterday, like, you have a hat buying obsession. Yeah, I got a problem. I do, too. I, I yeah, I have a big problem. I love buying hats. But, you know, um, it is what it is. Um, I'm, I'm getting excited, though, about it because no matter what, the White Sox always look good. They're never oh, a poor yeah. draft team. No, they always look good. Their their hats are good. I mean, even last year's spring training cap, which is this one, was really nice, and it's kind of got like the the mesh trucker hat on the side, but it's fitted. I remember Jake Berger made a funny post on Twitter last year because he's like, "Who designed these?" Because he had sunburn through the back of the the hat on his bald head, <laughs> and it's like that's a true to a certain extent. But um, I'm always excited to see what kind of new merch comes out, and there's some slick new hoodies and and stuff on WhiteSox.com. Um, People, everyone commenting how they're not giving Jerry another cent of their money. And it's like, I don't know, I'm a White Sox fan. I'm going to rep my team no matter what. But yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it too. But like also at the same time, do you think the money you're spending on other clothes isn't going to a scumbag to some degree? I mean, oh, yeah. When you buy, when you buy Ralph Lauren Polo or something like that, you think, you think your money's going to like a good cause? people just cherry pick things, you know? Yeah. Not to get too political, but yeah, of course. Um, We're sitting here talking hats while we wait for Sean Burke to join us as we await to have a conversation with one of the White Sox top prospects. Um, Joe, besides Sean Burke and Oscar Colas, who we talked about, and this is up until uh, Sean joins, whenever he joins, we could, you know, X the conversation right away. But is there a, is there a White Sox prospect besides Colas who we talked about? And then, of course, Sean, who's joining us today that you're like extremely looking forward to. Man, is there a prospect that I'm really looking forward to? I mean, you named you named the big ones there. I mean, Colson Montgomery's one, obviously looking forward to seeing him. You know, th- there really isn't another name that's like in my head that I want to come and see play. You know, I, I what I do want to see is I want to see, you know, the Knights continue to be impressive. I want to see, I mean, I don't even, I I don't even know if you can call him a prospect anymore, but you know, Jake Berger has been up and down so many times. I would love to see him on this major league squad for a long time because I mean, the guy's got the power bat and he's consistent even at DH. I wouldn't mind seeing Jake Berger and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't mind getting consistent at bats at the major league level either because he was raking last year in triple a. I mean, this is a guy that he was doing really well in the majors. He took a pitch to the hand. I believe he broke his hand and then he rehabbed it. Was in minor leagues, tearing it up. And then he got hurt again. Right. Or did he just end the season in the minors? I think he got hurt. He he ended. Yeah. He did get hurt again. And he ended his season in the minors. Like, I didn't want to call it the South Burbs Hitman curse, but it was kind of the South Burbs Hitman curse because he came on the show and then he never went back to freaking don't tell him that before he joins the show next week. We'll, we'll never talk about this again, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- that was that was fun, though. I, I, I can't wait to speak with Jake Berger and we'll preview that in a little bit. But when I think of White Sox prospects, Noah Schultz comes to mind. I don't know too much about him. I'm a moderate prospect follower in every sport. Um, but for baseball, 
it's a little bit different because these guys are so far away from reaching the big league level, most of them. Obviously, you know the big ones, like when Adley Rushman is the top prospect in all baseball, you know he's going to be the Orioles catcher sooner than later. Same thing with a guy like when Luis Robert was at the top. They used to say the same thing about Yoan Moncada, stuff like that. When Mike Trout and Bryce Harper were coming up around the same time. Um, but Noah Schultz, he was a first-round pick by the White Sox last year. He's from Illinois. He's a guy who I believe can be an impact player one day. And, you know, he seems to have a good head on his shoulders when it comes to talking about becoming a major league player. I'm very much looking forward to see what he can become when it comes to the big leagues. And then this might annoy some people, but this is Crosstown Crosstalk. Ed Howard on the Cubs. They took him a pick before or a couple picks before the White Sox drafted in 2020. Ed Howard, I will always root for because he's from the Chicago White Sox ace program. And seeing a White Sox ace program player get drafted to a big league team is all of the sudden, you know, on the Cubs of all teams that takes him. But, you know, what team besides the White Sox is scouting ace players better than the Cubs? Of course, it's the Sox or the Cubs. So, you know, he's staying in Chicago. I hope he ends up making it to Major League Baseball one day because he does kind of have like a Jazz Chisholm, Tim Anderson type of vibe to him where he's like super cool and seems like he would just be electric factory in Major League Baseball. Like if he ever made it big one day, like really, really big, like superstar, if he was on MLB The Show, I'd be 0% surprised. Like that's how interesting of a prospect this kid is. So those are the two that come to mind for me. Yeah, kick, another one is Cam Butler. We had Cameron Butler on the show I really early last year, and and that's a kid that you know, he's got a lot of range. He's got a he's got a good bat. He's really young. I think he's was in high school. He's one of the high school draftees. But um, I'd be interested to see him over obviously develop over the years because his his high school tape is incredible. But you know, it's really it's really tough when you talk about high school talent because that's a long commitment. But um, I, I'd love to see more of him in the coming years as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so while, while we're waiting for Sean, why don't we do it now? Let's preview Jake Berger. We're going to have Jake Berger on the South Burbs Hitman next Monday. Very much looking forward to that. It will be his second appearance on the show. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to? Yeah, before we before I talk about that, I'll preface it that if, you know, if Sean pops on, we'll pick this right back up afterwards. But uh, we are pumped to have Jake and his wife Ashlyn on. Well, now his now wife. Last time we spoke to them, uh, they were uh, still engaged. So congratulations! By one day, they got married the morning at sunrise. The morning after they were on our show, so we're we going to talk about that for wedding eve. They spent with the South Burbs Hitman podcast. Maybe that's why we have a special <laughs> place in their heart. So. Um, that's a huge congratulations for them. Since then, they've also had a, a new baby, uh, Brooks Berger, who is adorable, by the way. So we'll talk about that. We are more than excited to have them on. And then Jake's getting ready for spring training. So we're going to talk about spring training goals. We're going to talk about you know his year, what he wants to do offensively this year, maybe what he can do at the hot corner defensively, because we all know he could improve there, and I'm sure he would say the same thing himself. But most of all, we want that bat, and we want some of those burger bombs. And I tell you what, Jake was so much fun to talk to last time. Ashlyn is awesome. Ashlyn was on by herself as a guest before we had her on with Jake. So this will be Ashlyn's third time on the program. And we get to see what these new parents have, some new parent stories. Because as a dad of a one-year-old, I can tell you there's got to be some hilarious stories. And also, you know, Vinny, one of the, the things we'll talk about too is, you know, you're a new dad, you're a new mom, and then now you got to go away from your family to go to spring training. You know, how are you emotionally prepared for that? Because we know Jake is huge on mental health, and I'm sure he'll have a really interesting answer to that as well. So we're looking forward to having Jake and Ashlyn Berger on the show, if you can't tell. Uh, but that's coming up, Vinny, on Monday, February 6th, and that's 7.30 p.m. Central, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss it. It's it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I'm, for me, I'm going to try and pick Jake's brain a little bit about how last season went, um, things he's going to look forward to this season when it comes to the like the baseball operations side of things. Um, there's a lot to look forward to when you have a major league or minor league player 
getting ready to, uh, you know, come on your podcast. So we'll see what happens with Jake, but I think it's going to be a, a pretty big opportunity for our program. Um, when are people going to be able to watch this Joe? Yeah, they're going to be able to watch on Monday night, February 6th at 7 30 PM central time only on the ballroom network. So Follow and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow us and watch us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Give us a follow at South Burbs Hitmen on Twitter. You can follow me and Vinny on Twitter at our prospective names, at Vinny Parisi, at Joe Mandel, and our buddy Steven Zim Zimmerman, our co-host. You can follow him at Raging Sox Fan. Speaking of Zim, we are also giving away, for those that tune in and retweet, so keep an eye on our Twitter page, we're giving away not one, but two signed Jake Berger rookie cards. That's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I can't even talk. That's pretty sweet. So tune in. You're going to want to win that and check out a great conversation because this is going to be a fun episode before Jake heads off to spring training. I think he heads out, you know, next week. So we're catching him just before he leaves, Vinny. We are giving those away during the show, right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I can't wait to give away some Jake Berger cards. Um, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious that we're stalling, waiting for Sean to join. He was supposed to join at three, but you know, few people are good at just talking on the fly. Like me and you, we could have a conversation about literally anything. I saw something on Twitter just now while I was checking on Sean's status with us waiting on that. But in 2017, the NBA champion was the golden state warriors in the NFL Super Bowl, the champion was the Philadelphia Eagles. And in the MLB, the champion was the um, Houston Astros. Let's fast huh. forward to uh, 2022. The NBA champion was the Golden State Warriors. The uh mlb world series champion was the houston astros mm-hmm. the eagles are in the super bowl are they going to keep that trend alive they are Vinny. they are i like the philadelphia eagles to win the super bowl this defense is dominant they have an offense that is much more dangerous than people give them credit for and they have a quarterback that can rush for over 100 yards and destroy you with his legs. The Chiefs' defense is not amazing. They're not horrible. They have some rookies that are very inexperienced, and a guy like Jalen Hurts can confuse you. Now, can Patrick Mahomes take a game and win it himself? Absolutely. But he's banged up. He does have two weeks to recover, but he's banged up. I like the team with the best defense. It's always the better defense that wins the Super Bowl historically. You can look. It's almost a, the year that Peyton Manning and, and the Broncos were amazing all year offensively. They get blown out by the Seahawks that have a great defense, right? So I think the Eagles win. I got the Eagles by a touchdown. I think the spread right now is only like two and a half point favorites. It's been moving around like crazy. So. I'm actually going to open up DraftKings here and take a peek to see if that line's moved at all. But Yeah, let's do it. Let's just talk about this until if Sean joins at this point. Because um, I know we got a we got a hard stop here and later in the hour. So we'll see what happens. I mean, this is Crosstown Crosstalk. We just talk. That's what we do. That's um, right, man. Anything could happen. Literally. Um, I know the Eagles were favored last time I look. It's the first time in NFL history that two brothers are playing against each other in the Super Bowl, even though, oddly enough, two brothers have coached against each other in the Super Bowl. I think that is way less likely. So the fact that it happened first is honestly remarkable. Um, 15 of the last 18 Super Bowl winners were wearing white, but the three that weren't were wearing green. Philly's wearing green. Kansas City's wearing white. Something's got to give. Um there are lots of things to look at. I don't know if you believe in any of those superstitions like we were talking about with 2017 jersey colors. I don't either because when I look at the two teams, I see an Eagles roster that is significantly better than a Chiefs oh, roster. Yeah. Like if you're and ignoring, significantly more healthy as well. Yes, yes, exactly. And you ignore the quarterbacks. All, the entire roster minus the quarterback. The Eagles are significantly better than the Chiefs in my opinion. 
And and as I was saying, the Eagles were originally two and a half point favorites, Finney. Somehow it has dropped to a point and a half favorites for the Eagles. So I would definitely put my money on the Eagles if I were putting money on this game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I think the Chiefs just stay in games. That's just what they do. But I think they're going to be able to stop Travis Kelsey. Juju Smith-Schuster, if, if you're relying on him to win you a game, I just don't think it's going to get it done. Valdez Scantling has been better as of late. Jarek McKinnon might be the guy they have to lean on heavily in this game. So that's a guy you got to watch. I just think the Eagles are a better all-around team, more balanced, and their defense has just been lights out all year. How do you stop? How do you stop the Eagles' defense? I, I, that's a thing for that's a question for Andy Reid because that's going to be a tough one. Do you think there will be any other prop bets about, or not prop bets? Do you think it'll flip to the Eagles being dogs at any point? I don't think so. Um, not with Mahomes injured. Unless he, unless a report comes out that says he's a hundred percent, then I think it'll. Then, then I think the Chiefs might become like a one and a half point favorite. But I guess, I guess if the money goes that way, I guess it's possible, or it could be flat out even, which I don't know if I've ever seen a Super Bowl be even. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just so torn because I know what Mahomes can do. I know the Eagles are better. Like I wholeheartedly think the Eagles have a better team. They have better offensive line. They have a better defense. Their weaponry is about equal. I would probably give a slight edge weaponry rise to the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, is worlds better than just about every quarterback. But, I mean, Jalen Hurts, he does have A.J. Brown, right? Like, that that changed the entire offense. They have a oh, good absolutely. run game. He's an outstanding runner. Uh, it's just such a hard Super Bowl for me to predict. I'm leaning uh, Philly, and Frankie told me I'm on glue on bar down yesterday. But I honestly, I, I'm leaning Eagles. Me too, Benny. I've been telling people all week. I've been on the Eagles since before. I thought if it was Bengals, I thought it was going to be Bengals-Eagles, and I didn't know how to pick the game because I thought, man, I'm, I'm like, this Bengals team's got a great defense. The Eagles got a great defense. I would have probably given the slight edge to the Bengals, but I don't think it's particularly close when you're picking this game. I I think I think the Eagles win by at least a touchdown, maybe more. I think I think the most intriguing bet of the whole game is going to be the over-under for how long Chris Stapleton takes to sing the anthem. Well, I was going to ask you about that. Are there any props? First touchdown score, color of Gatorade, uh, over-under on anthems, coin flip. I haven't lost the coin flip in like three years. I just jinx the crap out of it. I might not bet it this year. Yeah, I mean, I usually bet some of those. I did the Gatorade thing last year, and of course I was wrong. I'm looking to see what's out so far. Um, I mean, coin toss is out now, but I, I really want to see when the fun props come out. There's not really a lot of them that are just out just yet, at least on DraftKings. Um, but, you know, the national anthem time will be one. I always like to make that bet. Whatever it is with Chris Stapleton, I feel like it'll probably go over. But then again, they might make that number really high for the length. One thing, you, one thing you can bet your ass is that Chris Stapleton is going to do an awesome anthem. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, Gatorade color is always a crazy one <clears throat> because you know there's somebody out there that knows the color. And like last year, there was like four, there was like six options, right? It was like yellow, there was orange. Um, I think green was an option. Uh, there was clear. Clear blue, were, green and red. yellow are always together because you can't tell. Right, and then there was uh, blue, and I think last year it was blue, and the odds on blue were like plus five hundred, and I was like, why would it be blue? And I, I'm I, maybe I'm done. Maybe I talked myself out of betting that one because it's such a crapshoot. Um, coin toss is probably the most popular that people bet on. It's a 50-50 shot, Vinny. So I can see why people have like like that. How do you feel about each quarterback as the first time touchdown scorer? Jalen Hurts is plus six fifty and Patrick Mahomes is plus twenty eight hundred. Mm. I like Mahomes at plus twenty eight hundred. Uh, I don't I, I can't bet it. Because let's be honest, with his injury, are they really gonna have him do a quarterback sneak? I don't That's see it true. happening. That's why you see those odds where they are. The Jalen Hurts I like a lot. 
You said yeah. 680? 650. I mean, he's tied with Travis Kelsey for second most on either team. I put 10 bucks on it for and win six, you know, 60, 650. Yeah. All I day. Would I would too. I mean, this is a guy that he might, he might rush for 65 yards on the first carry of the game for a hundred and score a touchdown. I mean, yeah. Kelsey's a good bet too, as always. Um, but I like Jalen Hurts. Uh, what's, uh, I'm sure you, do you have it pulled up right now? What's, uh, yeah, what's Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders is the betting favorite as the first touchdown scorer at plus 600. Hmm. He's not I, the, he's not the favorite as, um, the last touchdown scorer, though. That belongs to Travis Kelsey. Huh. I hate the last bet because that's, that's score dependent. Yes. The first bet is not. So you're not going to get special play calls in the beginning of the game compared to what you would get at the end. So I like, uh, if I was a betting man, which I don't have anything in my accounts this year, obviously with a new baby and everything, but I'll probably get a couple squares in a Super Bowl pool somewhere. But if I were betting on a first touchdown score, uh, I'd probably put my money on, on Jalen Hurts. I agree. Um, I'm th- like heavily thinking about it. The only ones who are f- like minus to score an anytime touchdown is Sanders, Hurts, and Kelsey. Then you start getting into the Pachecos and the AJ Browns and the Jarek McKinnons. Those guys are all like, you know, minor uh, dogs to be an anytime touchdown scorer. But I mean, what's McKinnon's odds on first touchdown? I'm curious. McKinnon's odds on first touchdown plus a thousand. I'd put like three dollars on it. Yeah. What would I that mean, win? This is a guy. You said it's plus a thousand. So you win a thousand dollars for every dollar. You bet. So you would win three grand if you put three three thousand. No, don't you win a thousand for every hundred you spend? Oh, um, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I'd yeah. still put three dollars on it. Yeah, no, me too. Absolutely, I would too. I'll, I'm going to throw a couple prop bets down on the Super Bowl. I already got some squares. I got in one pool where the squares are thirty a piece, and like, there's a lot. Yeah, it's plus a thousand. So, like, if I put three dollars on Jarek McKinnon to do it and he wins, you win thirty three dollars. So, you yeah, win. which is nice if you think he's going to have a touchdown. I mean, if you saw you saw what he did in the last like four or five weeks of the season. I mean, he was ridiculous. Yeah. What about MVP? Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I'm pulling that up right now myself to look at that. I like. I mean, Hertz is plus one twenty. The quarterbacks are always the favorites. I mean, even Mahomes is plus 130, and he's – I mean, he's the best player on either team. I hate saying even Mahomes, but everyone knows he's injured. Um, I like Kelsey at plus 1,000. It remind, This yeah. year reminds me of when Brady had his last Super Bowl with the Patriots, and people were saying Edelman, 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 and Edelman ended up being the Super Bowl MVP. A lot of people made a lot of change on that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think um, for me personally, I'm not going to bet on – I'm not betting Mahomes. I know it's going to be really easy to bet Mahomes. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do enough by himself to win the game from what I'm hearing about this injury. Again, he maybe the two two weeks will go by. Well, this, at this point, it's not two weeks anymore, but, you know, by the time of the injury. And – I just don't think he's gonna be able to get it done. Hertz could easily do it. He could run and have so Hertz is Hertz is smart money. But if you want to go outside of the box, I think Kelsey's a great bet, like you mentioned. Um AJ Brown could be a sneaky bet. I'm curious what the odds are for him. Um and then again, I I I'll go Jarek McKinnon again for MVP. Because this is a guy that if they involve him the way they could and if they win the game. He could easily have 200 total yards and two scores, which should be more than enough to win Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, Joe, I don't think Sean's coming. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> I mean, 
there wouldn't be the first time that that ever happened on any of our programs, and it's certainly not going to be the last. But, I mean, he said 3 o'clock, and he's been on this show before. The only difference is last time he was on, he was like three days removed from being drafted by a major league team and was still in his childhood bedroom with, like, kid wallpaper on the wall. Yeah, yeah, and now he's got an invitation to spring training. Not a big deal. I'm not going to, you know – poo-poo him or anything no yeah i mean obviously things come up i'm sure something came up and we'll be able to get him on again uh unless he comes on in like the next two minutes yeah if he comes on in the next two minutes we'll just have a shorter interview with him but i mean who's better at stalling than we are what is what sean burke top white Sox prospect where does he rank i think he's number nine yeah not bad not a big deal but then again, as we said, it's an oft it's an often um, debated ranking system right now because you know no one seems to be on the same page across the national media. But I believe the consensus is he's the number nine prospect, right-handed pitcher. Yeah, which would make him the third right-handed pitcher on this list um, behind Norhe Vera and Peyton Paulette, who was a second-round pick in twenty twenty-two. Um, Christian Mania and Jonathan Cannon are right behind him, though. The White Sox actually have a lot of right-handed pitchers in their top 30. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what could happen with, with some of these fireballers down the line. Um, I, I would love to see, you know, this pitching staff come back to, like, the ways of the 05 team where you get a bunch of just dogs that every single day – you know that you got a chance to win, even if you give up three runs in the top of the first, because the 05 team did that a couple of times. I'd have to look statistically, but there's no quit in the Sox team in 05. They had a couple of those games towards like the last three weeks of the year last year. You're like, wow, this team's got some fire. Maybe they're going to do it. And then it just, the wheels kind of came off a little bit, but I'm excited to see what Pedro Graval does this year with this team. You know, I know he's been kind of getting a little bit of hate from the national media, including, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, who I, I put a tweet out that got a lot of attention on social media sure did. for his take on the White Sox in, in 2023. He was more optimistic than I think we are. But then again, that's before the Clevenger stuff came out. But who knows? Depending on the stuff of Clevenger, you might see him play this year. You might not. I, I don't know what's going to happen there, Vinny. But I do know that we should sign Michael Waka. I agree with that. Um, I would love to see my sources be wrong on what they've told me about second base, but they seem pretty set on Lenin Sosa and Romy Gonzalez, which is a head scratcher, but I mean, that is the white Sox we're talking about after all. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure that's probably what they are trying to do. It sounds like the most Jerry thing you could do, but maybe they'll maybe they're just trying to be quiet and then they're going to move some of those guys. I, I don't know, but I don't even know what a trade would look like for Glaber Torres at this point. I, I really don't know what you'd have to give up. I'm assuming you're for sure giving up a high end player, right? Like I don't know how high end, but are you giving up a crochet? Cro- that's exactly what I was going to say, Garrett Crochet, who the Yankees seem to like. Yeah. Um, is a Yoelki Cespedes going the other way to be a fourth outfielder who is surprisingly low on the White Sox farm rankings. Um, he's below a guy like Sean Burke. He's very raw right now. I think he needs some minor league time. He's got the power, but he doesn't have the stroke. Yes, I agree. Um, he, he looked pretty good in spring training last year. He'll be there this year. He's probably the most exciting prospect for me to watch this year just because like obviously a Colson Montgomery or an Oscar Colas, those guys are more likely to, you know, become stars in the league based on their pedigree. But a guy who's so raw and so talented, like Yoelki, I'm not sure that everybody should just be writing him off because he's fallen down the rankings a little bit. Yeah, I don't think anyone's writing him off. I mean, I I know for sure based off of Phil Selig from Cuba Dugout saying that he has high hopes for him, too, once he gets some minor league experience. I, I don't think – I'm writing him off on being on this club this year in on the major league capacity. I, For all the people that were saying last year, bring him up, give him major league at-bats, I think that's crazy when you're not even 
having full success with minor league. Give him some time to adapt. Colas, I feel better, better about. I'd love to see him get that day one shot. I also don't want to write off our guy Gavin Sheets either, but because he was the most consistent bat in the playoffs two years ago, and um, he had a lot of real good streaks towards the end of last season. But that's another guy that could be a trade chip too to the Yankees. He's like a Yankees kind of guy. I could see, you know, Sheets fitting in well over there. Yeah. Listen, Sheets is a very interesting player. Left-handed power bat. Um, doesn't play the outfield particularly well. Um, could play first base, but that's a loaded position for the White Sox. Always has been. Um, I'm, I like you said though. I'm rooting for our guy. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's uh, I'm I'm ready to watch spring training, Vinny, because now that I'm in Michigan, the White Sox games aren't blacked out on MLB Ticket, so I'll be buying MLB Ticket. The only thing that is blacked out is Tigers games around here. So um, <laughs> obviously when they play the Tigers, I'll just watch the local broadcast. But <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna that's kind of stinky. I, I deal with that with the Devils um, when they play the Hawks. I go to the game at the United Center, but when they play the Hawks in New Jersey, I have no choice but to watch the Blackhawks broadcast to see the Devils that day. It's kind of – it's always interesting. Like it's like the one game a year I watch from the road perspective, so I don't really hate it, but you know. I didn't get to ask you how did you enjoy New York? New York was awesome. Um, it's not as cool as Chicago. Um, <laughs> it's way dirtier. There's trash all over the place. The pizza is very, very good, very different. So um, I will always just say I like both. Um, Harry Potter, awesome. Your great recommendation by you. I knew you'd um, like it. Next time I go, I'm going to go with $200 set aside just for that. Like, it, like oh, the, yeah. the point of it will be to be spent there. I didn't know how awesome it was going to be. Um, it was as cool it's a as big I week. It's a big week for Harry Potter news, Vinny, next week. Oh, I know. I'm excited. I really Hogwarts Legacy, for those of you guys that don't yeah. know, the new video game coming out. Yes. Very excited to see how that all goes down. I probably am going to get it right away. I really want to play it. So we're going to see. I don't think it's canon, but they're saying it should be. Yeah, I don't know exactly. The weird thing, too, that I got to point out for our listeners is like it comes out February 10th, but that's for next gen systems. The regular systems, like for Series One or for Xbox One and for PS4, that got pushed out to April, I think. And then Nintendo Switch people, that's like in July. So I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get it for Switch. I, every game that's like a big game like that, I feel like is different on Switch. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. I kind of hate that about it, though. Like, why can't I just get the same game? It's because it's got no processing power. Yeah, it's it's definitely weak compared to uh, what's going on with PlayStation and Xbox. But Frankie Mueller will have all the answers to that for you. And you could go read his stuff on App Trigger. I think it's the best video game site on the Internet. Um, Joe? This show did not go according to plan. <laughs> it did not. We, we just went with it, man. I mean, we could talk about anything for hours. We said that already once. Um, it's just one of those things that happens sometimes. I mean, I'm sure we'll have an explanation why, I hope. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, totally understand with, you know, athletes, it's, it's tough. So, um, I'm sure we'll have a, a show again in the near future where we do get to interview Sean and we're looking forward to seeing him in spring training and all that fun stuff. So just uh, throwing it out there that Sean, if, if you catch this later on, we'd love to have you on in the near future again before spring training. Absolutely. It's going to be tough. Cause I know they leave soon. We had to get Jake right in time, Jake Berger, but um It'll be interesting to see how the season goes for the White Sox. Joe, I can't thank you enough for coming on, talking White Sox, talking Super Bowl, talking everything else that comes along with being an awesome sports fan on this network. Promote yourself, what you got going on with South Burbs and all that. I know you're the head catalyst of that show. Yeah, for sure, man. Appreciate you having me on. Always love talking baseball and football and anything sports related with you. Uh, as Vinny said, we have South Burbs Hitmen coming up. It's the the White Sox show here on the Barroom Network. We go live every Monday night. Um, 
I guess we haven't settled on exactly what time we're going to do this year, but I believe last year we did the, 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 was it the eight o'clock central time slot? I believe is what we did last year. Or was it seven 30? It was eight. Okay. Eight central. I believe we're going to stick with that. Cause that's our time slot. Eight central nine Eastern every single Monday night with various White Sox guests over the course of the year, whether they're players or in-stadium hosts like Alyssa Bergamini from the Tribune, Lamont Pope. You know, the guests just keep on going. We have people all year long, with, and we cover the team all year long from the fans' perspective where our butts are in the seats as much as possible. And we just love this team. So we have great coverage, smart coverage, and an intelligent conversation. And we just have a lot of fun. And we always make it lighthearted towards the end. We'll talk about our favorite stadium foods or favorite thing to do in the ballpark or, you know, favorite giveaways and all kinds of stuff like that. We love interacting with you guys in the chat room. So give us a follow on Twitter at South Burb Hitman. Uh, same thing. You can find South Burb Hitman on Instagram, on Facebook. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Mandel. Make sure you give Vinny a follow. One of my co-hosts, of course, Vinny Parisi. And follow our other brother in arms and uh, Stephen Zim Zimmerman at Raging Sox fan. And I don't want to let anyone forget, but tune in on this upcoming Monday night, the sixth. We have Jake and Ashlyn Berger on the show before spring training. And Vinny, we are giving away two signed Jake Berger rookie cards to people that are watching the show, tuned in live, interacting in the chat room. So we want you guys here. We want you with a chance to win those cards. And most of all, you can get your questions into Jake, to Ashlyn, their new parents. They're going to be, you know, traveling separate ways during spring training. It's just a wild time. We're just looking forward to having Jake on the show. He was one of the most fun parts of the team to watch last year when he was healthy. And we're, of course, rooting for him because he's a big friend of the show. He's also a big gamer too, Vinny, so we can see where he's doing in that respect. I know he said he did the Minecraft and uh, some FIFA. We'll see where he's at with that. Parenting usually cuts into that a little bit, but we'll see if he's been doing any of that going on. So lots to talk about with Jake. I know I'm looking forward to it, and I know for sure Vinny is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to pick his brain. Like I said earlier in the show, we're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk video games. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to getting the South Burbs Hitman season started with this special episode early before we start for real when the season starts. Um, that should be a lot of fun. I'm very much looking forward to it, Joe. We can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Crosstown Crosstalk, another great episode. Um, talking White Sox, obviously what's going on with Dylan Cease and The Athletic and Elvis Andrews. Uh, so much fun going over the Super Bowl. I hope everybody enjoys this weekend off of football. You got the NHL All-Star Game coming up this weekend, starting with the skills competition tomorrow. And then, of course, the All-Star game itself on Saturday when each division will play a three-on-three game and then the two winners will play each other in the championship. That is going to be a lot of fun. Frank Mueller and I will recap that and everything you see in hockey between now and next Wednesday, next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Very much looking forward to that conversation. And then we will also preview Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Chiefs. We will make our picks, some prop bets, all sorts of things. Breaking bets will be in full swing for that episode and then next week on crosstown crosstalk we will start to really get into the nitty-gritty of spring training as we head into super bowl weekend and you know once super bowl weekend ends that's when baseball really gets going quickly so i hope everybody enjoyed today's show and as always thank you for listening thanks for tuning in guys see you next time another happy landing